Praise and Worship is a community of people in Branson, Missouri, who are gathering, growing, being encouraged, and sharing with others the love and hope of Jesus. Learn more online at branson.church. So all things, this, this beautiful and wonderful story in Mark chapter 9, it's one of my favorite stories, and it has always perplexed me too. Because we have this scenario where Jesus has just come down in the mountain. He's been doing this thing we call the Mount Transfiguration. When he was transfigured, he was shown in his heavenly glory. And, and Peter and the other disciples were like, whoa, and all of that was happening. And now they're coming down the mountain and there's commotion. And here we have this boy who is possessed by a demon. And we have this father who doesn't know what to do. And he says, Jesus, if you can... Oh yeah, you're just like, oh sure, no, it's no problem. I can handle all of the things in this thing. First Jesus is doing this, and then this happens. and then, Yeah, it is a strange story. And we want to allow that to happen. I pray, I pray that you would just let, that, let the words of God come to you to this morning. And so as we do this, I, I want to ask you this question. I really want to just sort of put this out there at the beginning. If all things are possible for those who believe, then are all things possible? possible for those who believe? And then if, if things don't work out the way that you want them to work out, then does that mean you didn't believe enough? See, because this is where we're going to go. This is what happens to the human heart when we're faced with this scripture. And so that's why we got to dig in deep. Let's take a look at Mark chapter 9, verses 21. And you're going to see a lot of 21 and 22a because when they divided these sentences up, they sort of carved them up and, and we need to look at them as complete sentences. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. It it has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. Now, what's really interesting about this passage is, if you look at this, is is, what I love about it is you got in the middle of the story, and Jesus is even seemingly frustrated with the people. He's like, oh, faithless generation. Uh, how long am I going to endure this? And, and you start to think, well, is Jesus kind of grouchy or what's going on? And then right in the middle of it, we're reminded that this is not an object lesson per se. This is a human being. This is a person that Jesus is dealing with. This is a family. These are individuals whom he cares about, whom he does have compassion for. And so as a result, we want to highlight the fact that when Jesus asks this question, this personal question. It's like, he, it's like he's on this mission. Jesus is on this mission, and it's in, as if he's, he's just come down from the mountain where he's now headed for Jerusalem, and everything's about to just unfold with the salvation of the universe. And oh, by the way, there's an individual person who needs help also. So Jesus is like, how long has he been like this? There's this pause. There's this breath. How long has he been like this? How how long has this been happening to him? And the man says, from childhood. He says that this creature tries to destroy him by throwing him into the fire or into the water. And guys, I know that we live in a time when we don't, we're not ready to think about demons. We don't know what that even, we, we just don't have framework for that. And I understand that. But I'm inviting you to just let the story play out because these are true words. These are God's words to you and to me this very day. Um, This creature, this demon, has sought to destroy this man's son. And Jesus happened to be there 
And what was the result? Take a look at verses 22b and up to 23a. So this is kind of the first, the end of one part and the beginning of the next. Now what I love is, is it's, not a, it's not an object lesson. The boy is not an object lesson. But oh boy, there is, an, there is an object lesson here at the same time. Look at what he says. The father says, um, but if you can do anything, it's like if you're able, you know, if it, it, like, you know, I don't know what your superpowers are, Jesus, but, you know, it's just this, if you could do anything, I'm putting my hope in the fact that you would have the ability to do something. Have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, quotes him, if you can. See, now, now the lesson, the object lesson is not about the boy. The boy is not the object lesson. Now, now we have the lesson about Jesus, about who he is. Because if you remember, going all the way back to the beginning of Mark, this whole conversation in the Gospel of Mark is that who is Jesus? He tells us in the first sentence of the Gospel. Jesus is the Christ, which is the Greek word for Messiah, which is the Hebrew word for the one who, the anointed one, the one who was to come, the Savior of the world. This is Jesus' mission. This is what he's ta- he has come here and what he's been talking about and what he's doing. And so who is Jesus? He is the Messiah. He is the Savior of the world. And he was sent to save his people, and all people are his people. And so now he's, he's here, and, and he's on the scene, and we're learning about who he is. And so now this man who doesn't understand all of that necessarily says to Jesus, if you can, and Jesus is like, if you can. And it, it, it's like it just, it's like it just, it's like you get punched in the gut. Oh, you know what? You guys are blind, right? That's, that's, what, that's what we struggle with. And guys, I, I need you to know this because I know what I would do when I was a kid and I would, the pastor would read this scripture because this is a common one that would come up and he would read this scripture and I would think, yeah, those, that guy, that, that man in Mark 9, he didn't get it. <laughs> and I was just so naive to think that because how many of your prayers, how many of Mark Hunsaker's prayers begin with, Lord, if you can, and it's time for us to stop that. Let us repent of that. We are currently in a global pandemic forcing us to do all these online things. And, and you need to know that um, we're here in the new building and, and me and Anthony have been working with cameras and lighting. We have, we're, we're still learning how to do all that. And all of that's going on. And the music team, you saw them over there making powerful music. And all of that's going on. And we're sitting there going, Lord, if you can... <laughs> A global pandemic which forces all these churches across the world onto the internet. I don't know if you guys if you knew this, but it like broke the internet last week. Christianity broke the internet. Like everybody pretends that the internet breaks, but it actually broke last week. And I am excited about that. Not that it broke, but that the fact that the church is just moving and doing what it must do given whatever the circumstances are. That is the power of the Holy Spirit working through his people. You and I need to stop praying if you can. Because here's what happens. Let's take a look. This is faith, which is life on God's terms. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus said, all things are possible for the one who believes. Now, you know me, I, I, I had to do lots of Greek study at the seminary, and I always want to make sure that I share my pain with you. And so <laughs> what, what that's so important, though, the reason I joke about that, but what's important, if you look at the screen there, it says, the one who believes, that is a present active participle. 
A present active participle. A participle is like a verb that is like in motion. It's, it's an action verb, but it's also, it's a verb about a noun, right? It's, so it's a, it's a verbal noun. That's what we say. But this is what it's, belief is a noun. Believes is a verb. Believing, you might say, is the participle. And so here what we're doing is he's saying all things are possible for the one who is believing, who is actively believing, who continuously believing. And if you're like me in, your, in the brokenness of your sinful nature is, is wanting to immediately go, well, I don't believe enough. Is that right? Take a look at these three things I want you to see that happens in this passage. First of all, do not qualify these words. So I want you to look at the word all there. So a lot of times we'll think, well, are all things possible with, for the one who believes? Remember, Jesus said crazy things like, if you have the, the faith of a mustard seed, then you can say to this mountain, be thrown into the sea and it will happen. And I remember as a kid actually talking to another friend of mine, and we were probably, I don't know, eight, nine, ten years old, something like that, and we were talking about this, and I said, oh, well, he, could, he couldn't have meant, actually meant that. Why, why did I have that? Assumption, where does that come from? And I know it comes from our sinful flesh. It comes from the part of us that is this condition that we have, this disease called sin that convinces us that God is not capable of all things. Because all the way back on page three of the Bible where Adam and Eve ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which we love to call the tree of I know everything, because have you ever noticed? You do know everything. You have, you're right all the time. So am I. And so it's just how it works. But what happens is, is, is in this situation, all the way back on then, ever since that day that Adam and Eve ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, humans have decided what is right, what is wrong, what is good, what is evil, and we make that up and we just define that for ourselves. This is why politics exist. I don't know if you've ever noticed. Politics exist, right? Because you think you're right about them and then you always vote for the one that's closest to the one who agrees with you and all of that brouhaha that entails. But what, what we do is we qualify God's words because we don't have faith. We have faith, but we struggle in our faith. We, we have this interaction that goes on and what happens is we qualify the words all doesn't mean all anymore well all things are possible for the one who believes except for whatever you don't think is possible <laughs> and, and whatever i don't think is possible don't qualify the words but we also want to not quantify the words because we we've already been hinting at this and it's time to really get to this what does it mean to say believe right we said it was a verb. We said it was a participle. It's, it's the one who is believing. And a lot of times, I want to I just open up this can of worms because a lot of times people will say, um, well, faith is the evidence of things that are unseen. And that's quoting Hebrews chapter 11, the first verse. And it's like, yes, that is exactly right. But here's the thing. Um, that, I found that a lot of people still don't really have an answer to that. And what happens is, is we, we turn faith into a quantity. Like, I want more faith. I need more faith. I don't have enough faith. These are the kinds of things that we run into. And so what happens is, is when we don't have enough faith, then all things are possible, right? And, then, you know, and I feel like I'm Chris, you know, Chris Farley with all the, the air quotes. But the idea is that's what's going on. And, and so stop all of that. Don't worry about whether or not we have enough faith. Look at the next one. Look at the next one. This is not about you. Um, not your capacity 
to believe. It's not about your ability to believe. It is not about your history. You might be like, Mark, I'm willing to believe, but if you knew how dark my history was, you'd know that God's not going to involve himself with me. And, and so this is where we want to do this, is we want you to see that belief is centered on the object of your faith, or in this case, more precisely, the person. Jesus is the Messiah. And what the Messiah means by definition is he is God's anointed one to come and save you and save me, period. Regardless of your capacity or your ability or your history. And that's really where this whole thing begins. Are all things possible? Is it possible that God could save you and me? Because if that is possible, and you and I can continue to believe it, have that participle of belief, this continuing active thing that's going on, that's like to me, like for my, if you were, if you were to somehow be able to see Mark's faith in action, it would be like this, this raft on a, on a, on a rapids, you know, that are, they're smashing up against rocks and flipping over, and I'm dumped in the water, and I'm smashed and bruised and beaten. That's, that's my experience of faith. And so I wonder if yours ever gets like that. And what happens is, is, is believing is, becomes this active thing, or you might even think about it like when you're driving on a curvy road. Those of us who live around Branson, we understand what that's like. And so you're driving on a curvy road, and, not, and I, I can't tell you how many times when I'm just really tired and I'm going home from somewhere, and I'm like, could I just have a straight road for five miles? That would be great. And then you just set the cruise or whatever. But see, that's the way we feel. That's our experience of interacting with this. And, and what happens is our sin and the devil and the world around us will come to, a, come to us and say, you don't have faith. You don't have the capacity or the ability or look at your history. You see, in these kinds of things, all of this will just get into this cauldron that is inside of our hearts and it's in our souls. And the Holy Spirit comes along with his word and says, Jesus loves you. And we're like, okay. That's kind of cool, but can he save me? Like from what I'm really in? What I've been in? What I think I might yet become, be in? Mm-hmm. You see, all things are possible for the one who believes. And what this always comes back to is putting our faith in the Messiah, in Jesus. Because now it's not our capacity, it's his capacity. It's not our ability, it's his ability. It's not our history, it's his history. You see, because what he promised to do in his word was that as he would go to Jerusalem, remember what, how it concluded, we're in the middle of this thing with the boy and the demon and Jesus cast the demon out and then boom, it just says, well, and so then they asked him privately what's going to happen and he's like, ah, we're going to go to Jerusalem and that's where the Son of Man is going to be put to death at the hands of men and then on the third day he will rise. And they're just like, what? And they wouldn't dare ask him about it. They wouldn't ask him about it. I want you to ask the Lord about it. I want you to ask him, what does it mean that he died for you? The answer is, this is his love, and it is his capacity, and it is his ability, and it is his history of perfection that he then gives to you. It is his capacity for love. His God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever, was that word, believes and see, believing is not about gritting your teeth. It is not about trying to believe harder. 
It is hearing the word of God in your ear and letting it do something to you. It's kind of like right now if you're at home and you're in your pajamas and you're doing church in your pajamas, which kind of like some of us like, isn't this like heaven? Isn't this what we always hoped to be? And maybe some of you think that. Maybe some of like, heavens no. And whatever it might be, you're going through all of that and you're sitting there going, but, but. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, the Messiah, that whoever believes in him will never perish, but will have everlasting life. All things are possible for the one who believes. Hear his promise. When the promise comes to your heart, it's God's word. It's coming. Jesus said, or excuse me, Isaiah said, God speaking through Isaiah, the Holy Spirit speaking through Isaiah in Isaiah 55 said, my word will go out and it will accomplish its purpose. So right now you've heard his word and it is accomplishing its purpose. There are some people who will hear this and go, and I understand that. He ain't done yet. That's what I would say. And some people who will hear that and go, I've heard it a million times and yet here I am still in my bad situation. And I would argue that those two answers may not be a whole lot different. I think they're both some variation of, you know, of the, of the, right? Whatever, wherever you're at, you might be sitting there going, oh, it's like sweet music, like we were hearing a minute ago. Wherever you're at in this, hear the words again. All things are possible for the one who believes. Belief is is as simple as this. God has made you a promise. What are you going to do with it? Do you accept it? Do you you, you take the promise that he's put in your hands? He's actually even made your hands, and then he's like giving you the ability to hold them out, and then he lays the promise there, but then he also goes into your heart and opens your heart and softens your heart and prepares your heart so that those words can then arrive at your heart ready to go to do the work that he has intended since the foundation of the universe. Because all things are possible for the one who believes. What did the man say? Take a look at verse 24. Now this is Mark's literal version, so watch out for that. But look at this. It says, Immediately the father of the child screamed at the top of his lungs and said, I do believe. Rescue me. From my unbelief. You guys are my brothers and sisters in Christ. And we share a connection no matter where we're at or when we're together or when we're not together that is the Holy Spirit himself. Hear these words and pray them every day. I do believe. Rescue me from my unbelief. You remember that, that little raft on the rapids, right? I think that that is the best thing I've ever seen about how believing happens. We're on the raft and every once in a while we'll come around the bend and it just smooths out for a little bit. And you're like, I'm, I'm able to believe. I, my believing is calm and it's, 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 it's sure and it's certain. And then we'll hit the rapids again. We'll have a global pandemic that'll hit. We'll have people in our lives that we care about who are suffering or dying. We'll have financial stress or in, you know, just keep going. And all those things are like the rapids and it's like I'm trying to believe. Rescue me from my unbelief. 
So what did Jesus say to this man? What did he do in the face of this man who was very honest with Jesus? He's like, ah, you guys, this unbelieving generation, how long am I going to put up with you guys? Take a look at verses 25 and 26. Jesus said to the unclean spirit, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out. This is how the Most High God responded to this man who was praying to Jesus right in front of his face. I do believe, help me in my unbelief. Rescue me in the midst of my unbelief. That's how God responded to him. That's how God, the Most High God, Jesus in the flesh, the Holy Spirit who comes to you through his word right now will respond to you. He will enter into an eternal relationship with you that will never end, that will never be exhausted of his grace and his mercy. Receive that grace and that mercy right now. Grace is, by definition, receiving what you do not deserve. And mercy is, by definition, not receiving what you do deserve. This is what God will always do. He will rescue you when you cry out the name of Jesus and tell him, I do believe. Rescue me from my unbelief. Look at verse 28 and 29. Because there's this little epilogue here at the end of the story with the, the, the boy who was in the grip of the demon. His disciples asked, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. Go back to, with me to that raft on the rapids. And you're just sitting there going, Mark, when, is, when are my rapids going to smooth out? You mentioned, Mark, that there's some smooth places on this stream. I haven't seen them yet. I haven't felt them yet. It's time to pray. Isn't it interesting that prayer would have driven out this deaf and mute spirit, which we struggle with even believing because we all are in a secular world. But whether you believe that part or not, or you're able to, or you're still struggling with it, it's, isn't it interesting to note in God's authoritative word that the most powerful action you can take is to pray. The most powerful action you can take is to pray. So it is time for you and me to pray. To pray about those rapids of your believing and, those, and to pray for more smooth waters and to pray for him to be with you in a powerful way when they're very, very choppy and they're dangerous and they're filled with rocks and all the things that that comes with. We're going to pray and ask him to hear us when we say that we do believe. Help us in our unbelief. Father, we thank you for all that you give us. We thank you for these words. We thank you for the fact that this story was preserved for us, that this true event is now manifest in our lives as well. We are a broken people who need Jesus in our lives. We are successful, yes, by his blessing and by, and by all that you give to us through him and by the power of the Holy Spirit but we struggle and we go through our days oftentimes feeling like everything is choppy and broken and maybe has already hit the rocks. 
And especially right now as we look into the future where the future is the most uncertain we can think of in the last two decades. Oh my goodness, we don't know what to think or feel. Please hear our prayer. Lord, we pray right now that you would respond to us the way that you did that man. As we say to you, we do believe. Help us, rescue us in the midst of our unbelief. We pray this boldly, Lord Jesus. Not because we have anything to offer. Not because of our capacity or our ability or heavens to Betsy, our our history. But we put our faith in Jesus' capacity, Jesus' ability, Jesus' history of being the one who went to the cross to die for our sins and who rose from the grave on the third day to give us eternal life forever. We pray all of this to you, Father, who lives and reigns with the Holy Spirit and with Jesus the Messiah, the Rescuer, the one who came to save us all, one God, now and forever. Amen.